I just wait, wait, episode thirty six. <laughs> Start off <Yeah>. that way. <laughs> yeah, just thirty six. Remember <laughs> what episode we're doing. <laughs> really that would be a little important. Really thinks in advance. Never mind. Welcome to the AFA podcast, the official podcast of animationforadults.com. This is episode 36 of our podcast, and if you want to listen to previous episodes, you can find them on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, podcast.com, and of course animationforadults.com. You can follow us on uh, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and keep up with everything on animationforadults.com. I am Chris, and I am joined as always by Rachel. Hello, Rachel. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Uh, better. I apologize for missing out on the last weekend, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to be back. Uh, we missed you. We missed you. But we we got, we we put out an episode anyway. It was a good chat. It was a good one. Yeah. I, I always feel a bit bad when we put out one of the episodes that doesn't pass the Bechtel test. Uh, but, hey, <laughs> you know. But this week, we are joined for the first time in a little while by Jill. Hi, Jill. Hey, how's it going? Good to have you back. It's good. It's good to be back. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, Dan's not here this week, um, and Avon's not here, so it's just the three of us. But it's going to be awesome anyway. So here we are. We're going to have a good chat about April and the extraordinary world in a bit. Um, but before that, we're going to do our usual talking about the news and some stuff we've been watching and all that. Um, but the first thing I want to mention is a bit of site news, and that is that we have launched a Patreon page for Animation for Adults. At, for the pod- yeah, for the podcast <laughs> and, and for the website. Um, if you don't know what that is, Patreon is a site where you can sign up uh, to help uh, your favourite creators, be they artists or writers or musicians or whatever, um, and you give a little like a subscription payment each month to help them out and in and in uh, exchange for that you get some little extra things as well as just the warm fuzzy feeling of helping out a um starving artist or whatever um so uh we've st- we've started our own patreon um because it'd be nice to make somebody uh, <laughs> that sounds yeah but it's true um it is, it so is hungry, starving artists, so hungry. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's fun work, but it is work still. Um, and we put in a lot of work, and it would be awesome if those of you who are able to can help. And in return, we are going to sort out some extras and stuff, like bonus podcast material and stuff like that, and other things that we haven't thought about yet. <laughs> And we're interested in hearing from you, uh, basically, the kind of things that you might like to get as rewards. Um, But also, it's just going to help us produce more content and stuff. So, Yeah, we can go to more events and uh, cover bigger topics and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So just any kind of help we can get will help the site grow. And and that basically, you know, we can uh, just do more for folks who are really interested in animation and... uh, highlighting stuff that normally isn't talked about very much so please help support 
and you will, we will obviously put the links to it in the show notes and everything so if you want to know more then you can click through and read so come and support us on patreon if you feel so inclined okay <laughs> uh okay so moving on uh to some more news and this week uh we posted on the website about a interesting exhibition that is coming to france that is looking back at the career of tom moore the uh creator of song of the sea and uh secret of kells and other awesome things at the at Cartoon Saloon and the future director of Wolfwalkers and it is a exhibition looking back at his work um, and it's got loads of sketches and uh, like in in production images and stuff and it looks very interesting and also it's in a interesting location it is in a 13th century chateau or castle uh, that I'm not absolutely going to be able to pronounce obviously uh, <laughs> uh, Chateau de, de la Honneyard <laughs> um, and it is located in Brittany um, and it is opening on April the 30th when it is going to be opened by Tom Moore himself and it will be open until June the 30th and then it will return uh, for a little encore between October 20th and the 31st and the tickets are €5.50 with concessions at 350 so if you happen to be going to France or live in France and you love animation and the work of Tom Moore then this looks like worth checking out yes, yes. <laughs> sorry I'm trying, trying to figure out what I wanted to say just like I'm just I wish I could go really because because I, I really like Tom, you know, Tom Moore's got a really neat style, and I mean, I've seen that with uh, Song of the Sea, and I really wanted to see uh, Secret of the Kells, too. But, and, um, I'm looking forward to Wolfwalker, so just being able to see, like, all the different uh, like, you know, storyboards and just stuff about that he's worked on other than those big films would be really cool. Oh, I'm, I promise I'm not going to bang on it all, bang on about it all episode, but <laughs> it happens that if you if you were to support our Patreon, you the first reward you'd get is that you can actually download our interview with Tom Moore. So, there. Oh. So there you go. So if you want to hear our interview with Tom Moore from last summer, then you know where to go. <laughs> Plug over. <laughs> um, but yeah, this there was like an interesting exhibition in Ireland as well earlier in the year, um, Cartoon Saloon one. So, but this one is specifically Tom Moore only um, the other one I think was I think it might have actually been relating more to Song of the Sea particularly but oh yeah I was just yeah I believe I remember that that was just like mainly Song of the Sea stuff but now this is just more like a comprehensive stuff that Tom Moore has worked on yeah and like, exhibition. there was also a really interesting exhibition in I think it was in San Francisco as well um, that was uh the art of Song of the Sea and Secret of Kells, I think. Um, oh, man. <laughs> San Francisco, my second home. I Your wish I could have been there to see it. Well, I, I say that because I spent a good portion of, like, a, a very long summer in uh, San Francisco doing a, for an internship after I got out of college, and I became convinced that, like, if I could pick anywhere where I wanted to live, it would be in San Francisco. So... 
like I said, if you're in the area, hey, maybe you're going to the Annecy Film Festival later. Oh, no, actually. <laughs> will it still be open? I'm just thinking, will it still be open? I'm trying to remember when Annecy actually is. Uh, um, no, I, I think it's it June. I think it's June. So, yeah. So that would actually work. <laughs> I don't actually know where Annecy is in relation to Brittany. It might be France is a pretty big country. <laughs> so yeah. I, might be, I might be talking out my ass here, and it might be like ridiculously far away from it. But <laughs> you could do a tour of animation events of France, I don't know. <laughs> why not? Hey, if you got the time and money, why not? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> and speaking of exhibitions, there were there were a couple uh, that you've noticed still in your area, I believe. Yeah. Yes. There's two that I've become aware of. There's one going on right now at Cal State Fullerton, uh, celebrating 25 years of Nickelodeon animation, essentially primarily focuses on the Nicktoons of the 90s. Uh, so, like, you got Ren and Stimpy, Doug, Hey Arnold, all those. Uh, all the classics. Feature- yeah, all the classics that you know and love. Um, it's running through May 22nd. Now, I don't know if there's any admission fee to get in. I'm sure there's a parking fee because it is on a university campus, and they love to charge for parking. But the <laughs> exhibit, <laughs> uh, but the exhibit does contain storyboards, animation cells, goes through what it's like to produce a 22-minute long episode, and apparently there's a statue of SpongeBob made out of the approximate number of pencils they go through to create a 22-minute episode. <laughs> that I need so, to see. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm. I know I'm definitely going to try and get out there to check it out myself. Uh, but it's definitely worth anyone who enjoyed Nicktoons or wants to look into what it means to produce an animated show to check it out for themselves and see the memorabilia because it's a rare opportunity to go and see. Um, so in July, there's an exhibit coming from Guillermo del Toro of his own personal collection of items that inspire him and his films. That starts out in July at the LACMA, which is the Los Angeles County Museum of Art, and runs through November of this year. Uh, and after November, it'll be departing and touring around the country and even to Mexico City, Barcelona, and Paris. Ooh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it'll end up in New York City. So oh, that nice. you enjoy. So if you enjoy Guillermo del Toro's films, that's certainly one to check out. I'm sure that there'll be a lot of creepy and unique items in that collection. <laughs> yeah. And we've got his um, animated series to look forward to on Netflix as well. That's I know. Right. I look at that poster and of the, the first image that they have of that and it looks amazing. Just the fact that it's Guillermo del Toro makes it amazing. Yep. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty much like a stamp of approval. So it's like, okay, his name's on it more. It's like, it's going to be good. Usually it's like nine times out of ten it is. <laughs> yep. And I wonder what happened to the um, Pacific Rim animated series that was supposed to be happening as well. I know. I know, right? Where did that go? It seemed to... That kind of it, just disappeared. Yeah, when the when Pacific Rim 2 disappeared. But then now they're saying that's going to happen again. So I don't know. Is the animated series going to happen? Who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would... I think I would prefer an actual animated series or television series over... Uh, another a sequel movie but you know what just i will enjoy the actual movie 
as many times as I can in reverse. <laughs> So it's like, mm -hmm. hey guys, this is something I want to happen. I want more kaiju <laughs> beatdowns. Mm -hmm. okay. And then the final upcoming event is uh, an art of panel at Gallery Nucleus on uh, that video game from Double Fine Productions, Broken Age, which is unique. They tend to do art of panels on animated films that come out. And so once in a while they do one on a video game. So June's is Broken Age. So if anyone enjoyed that game and enjoyed the art in that game, uh, you can go and check out that panel. They'll also be doing a signing because they'll have an art of book for the video game there as well. Hmm. So it's highly recommended to pre-purchase tickets. You can go to Gallery Nucleus's website and pre-purchase VIP tickets, which will guarantee you a seat in the first few rows as well as front of the line for the signing, which I highly recommend because those panels tend to get pretty packed. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, I have to say, because I, I played Broken Age uh, a while back, and I said as far as video games go, that had a very unique look to it. So yeah. it's really cool that they're doing this uh, kind of panel for it. Yeah, I wish I could go, but I'll be out of town at my sister's graduation. Kind of... <laughs> coincides with that so i can't go <laughs> yeah but it's on june 11th for those who can go i would recommend getting your tickets now people are already buying their tickets and if you can't get a ticket still show up if you show up early enough you'll probably get in you just might be standing room only neat yeah oh and there was a trailer released this week uh for the uk trailer for when money was there um which announced the the UK release is going to be on June the 10th. Um, hmm. So we're still waiting for that one, but it'll be soon. <laughs> um, yes. At least you've got a date. Yes. Uh, and that is from Studio Canal, who released all the other Studio Ghibli films in the UK. Um, I will say, though, that trailer, if you watch it, um, it, see, it give, I think it gives away a lot more than the... Um, than the G Kids trailer did, which I think did a better job of sort of teasing it. I think the um, UK trailer is a bit over the top. So. <laughs> oh, I hate it when trailers like have all like the big moments of the movie and just kind of spoil it that way. Like the yeah. How to Train Your Dragon two trailer. <laughs> yeah, that was a big one. <laughs> well, don't spoil the whole movie, guys. They yeah, spoiled the whole reveal of the mom, and it's like. Oh! <laughs> Sorry, I just remember the crew and the director being really pissed off about that. Mm. Oh, really? They weren't happy about that. Mm. that I, I know that the trailers are, are handled by a separate department in the film industry, but it's just like, they, they don't really communicate that before they release that, the trailers? No, oh, not man. really. Well, it's marketing that does the trailers, so... Right. Huh. I think it's I think it's about three directors who cut their own trailers who are, who are allowed mm -hmm. to do that, I think. Yeah, I think. it's not many. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I doubt and DreamWorks is notorious at... <laughs> yeah, DreamWorks is notorious for not releasing good trailers. That's <laughs> their films. <laughs> Which is so. a shame, because the films are really good, so the... Usually the trailers... they're really good. Yeah, usually <laughs> they're really good. Just normally, like, like, they're hit and miss. <laughs> Well, at least with like movies like How to Train Your Dragon, Kung Fu Panda, those series have been above the uh, the, the higher standard. 
Oh yeah. There's there's been like a ton of DreamWorks animated films have hit Netflix like the the UK one recently and a load of the um, also I think on the Australian equivalent because I was writing up the update of what's on Netflix animation mm. animation wise and I I was surprised there was like loads of um, 2D um, DreamWorks films I I didn't real I forgotten that they'd made that many I was like I thought they made like Prince of Egypt, and that was it. <laughs> so, no, oh. yeah, there's been a whole bunch. They did Road they to El Dorado, Joseph, King of Dreams. Yeah, that's the one um, I completely forgot. Spirit oh, Spirit Stallion of the Sin Run. <laughs> James. <Yep. laughs> I haven't seen any I of them. You? <laughs> you haven't seen any of them besides Prince of Egypt? No, I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> what? <laughs> I haven't seen any of their 2D films at all. Oh my gosh. Okay, some of their 2D films are actually really amazing. Prince of Egypt is like their all-time best, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then Road to El Dorado is just a lot of fun. Zany, crazy it. fun. It's like Road to El Dorado is DreamWorks equivalent to Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. I love Emperor's That's a great New comparison. Disney. Yeah. It's like it's basically that it's their Emperor's New Groove, except DreamWorks did it first. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, I, you need to go watch those on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> now that they're on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I also need to rewatch Kung Fu Panda too because that's on there, and I I've only I think I've only seen what? it. Once. So yeah, you need to watch that like a million times like I have. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my all-time favorites. <laughs> you're here. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, also this week, um, there was a little animated short came out online uh, to promote the forthcoming Nintendo Wii U game, Star Fox. Star Fox Zero is the game, and the short is called Star Fox The Battle Begins. And it is a little 14-minute short um, that was produced um, with a bunch of different Japanese studios. Production IG was involved somehow. Um, I knew as, it. As was um, Witch Studio, who do Attack on Titan. And um, also, I think the company that actually did the CG are called Orange. Um, and, yeah, it was a little uh, CG... Um, short thing about Star Fox, basically. <laughs> um, basically, yeah, a crash got... a crash course of Star Fox. Mm-hmm. I Star Fox always just makes me think of the old um, cartoon um, Bucky O'Hare. <laughs> oh my gosh, I do remember that, but I think I was out of the uh, those two. I think I was exposed to Star Fox first <laughs> because um, my brother had a. Uh, Super Nintendo, and that was one of the games that uh, he would always play on the Super Nintendo. And then when the N64 came out, we one of the first uh, games that they pushed when that uh, when they released that system was Star Fox 64, which both my brother and I fell in love with, and we played constantly with the Rumble Pack. Also, the thing that they would stick in the controller, and basically, it would, when you would get hit or fire something or a big explosion would happen or the controller would vibrate in your hand and we were just like, oh, this is so amazing! It's so like actually a... being there! <laughs> so as a Star Fox fan, what did you think of the short? It was very well done. 
I was at first it was really hard to pin down exactly where in the timeline it was in terms of the whole Star Fox story, but regardless of that, it was it was really really well done. I like the way they did the characterization for each of the main uh, members of the crew. You know, Fox, Falco, Slippy, and Pe- uh, Peppy, and the very the um the sequence where they were flying in the R wings. The uh, the dog fighting was also really well done. It was. Basically, like if if the if Star Fox was a movie, I could see it looking like that and being done that way and enjoying it very much. So it was this this short was a real treat. Isn't it generally accepted that Slippy is rubbish though? <sighs> everyone hates. Isn't everyone hates Slippy? I actually am in the in the con- like- uh, the the, the uh, group that actually does not hate Slippy. Believe it or not. I mean, yes, he is the younger and less, more immature, and you have to like, constantly go save him kind of character. But there are, he does have his moments where he does semi constructive things to the group, and you know, it's like, okay, good job, kid. Now go sit in the corner while we take on the bad guys. I I, I actually wrote a um an article once that was sort of out of character for me because I, I don't normally write sort of snarky negative sort of articles but I did I did once write the most obnoxious Nintendo characters list and um, <laughs> it, was, it had um, had Slippy on it and it had Tingle from from the Zelda games oh god and, and the, um, the actually the um, the Wii Fit board from Wii Fit who um, oh. who basically is yeah tries yeah. to be nice to you, but it's like, oh yeah, you're still in relatively good condition. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> backhand. There's a backhand complicate, com- backhanded compliment if there ever was one. Um, yeah. And of course, Diddy Kong. And I discovered, apparently a lot of people like Diddy Kong. I was like, who knew? Hmm. <laughs> Everyone knows Diddy Kong's rubbish, right? So. <laughs> not, not, so. not as entertaining as Donkey Kong himself, but still... Passable. Passable character. <laughs> maybe it's just because he annoys me on Mario Kart every time I see him. Like, oh, Daddy, okay. Well, Diddy maybe Kong. That, that's a fair reason to not like him. Okay. Damn you, Diddy. <laughs> you blue shell. Um, yeah, so there's a Star Fox animated short that you can get much online uh, on Nintendo's YouTube. So. And then I'm wondering how they're going to tie that to the actual game that they're I planning on releasing. It's out now, I think. April Is it? 22nd, yeah. Um, oh my god! Where the hell have yeah. I been? <laughs> um, and, yeah. I'm assuming, you said you weren't sure where it fits in the timeline or whatever, but it's called Star Fox Zero, so I'm kind of assuming that's a prequel. Is it? I don't know. I guess so. If, and- if Andros is actually alive, then yeah, it's probably a prequel. Then, again, it's hard to say, at least with the, even the Super Nintendo's, like, oh, isn't he, like, been killed and brought back to life and killed again and brought back to life again and, you know, rinse, wash, repeat. Or lather, rinse, repeat. And just like, uh, well, not sure, but hey, it's another reason to check out the game. I, I don't know much about Star Fox apart from it. It looks like Bucky O'Hare. Slippy sucks and do a barrel roll. That's pretty much what I know. You basically know all you need to. Yeah, that's what I know. Um, yeah, uh, I think, yeah, news-wise, that's about it. Oh, no, wait. Um, <laughs> it was one other hmm. thing. Uh, oh, wait, there's more. There's more. Yeah, um, 
there was a announcement from Cartoon Network this week, and that is that Steven Universe is coming back. Yay! Um, <laughs> Steven bomb. Steven Universe is coming back in May. Yes. May twelfth. May twelfth, twenty sixteen. Awesome. Mhm. With a um. A four-week special event called In Too Deep. Um, mm. I don't really know much about Steven Universe, to be honest, but I can, that... I can, I can guess I can infer what you know what they're what they're implying with that title, at least in terms of the overall, at least what kind of arc they're going to it going into next. But uh, I guess I will just have to wait and see if I'm if I'm right though. <laughs> Because it may involve uh, it may involve a certain antagonist or pair of characters who have not appeared for quite a few episodes, but they've been teasing that they're finally going to show back up, and the Crystal Gems are going to have to take care of that potential problem that they they might cause. So we'll just have to wait and see. Indeed, we will, or <laughs> you will, because I haven't seen any of it. But <laughs> yes. Um, so that will be on Cartoon Network from May the 12th. And that, that I think, does the news for now. Alright. Um, so, it's time to talk a bit about some stuff we've been watching. Um, what have I been watching? Um, <laughs> I don't know, Chris, what have you been watching? Um, well, I, I have watched, um, a very unusual anime series, um, to write an article about it. Um, not for AFA, as it happens. I know, sometimes that happens. Um, sometimes <laughs> I write for other places. Um, some of them pay me money. Um, no, that sounds great. <laughs> um, uh, but the anime series that I watched to write about um, is a series that is called Yuri Kuma Arashi. Or Ar- yeah, I think Arashi um, mm. is how you pronounce it. Um, it is from the creator of a popular series called Revolutionary Girl Utena. Oh! That was, yes, and this is, like, this, I think, um, his second, he didn't do anything after Utena for ages, and he came back in about 2011 with something called Mawaru Pen- Penguin Drum, which hmm. is a great name. It's got <laughs> something to do with penguins, and I don't know. And then it came back with Yurikuma Arashi. Um, which is a very strange series. Um, it's set in a world where there is a big, um, there is a meteor strike that rains down on the Earth from a planet called, um, Kumaria. And Kumaria means, Hmm. well, Kuma is Japanese for bear. Yeah. Um, and basically the effect of this, um, Meteor strike, meteor shower is to make the bears rise up and attack humans suddenly for some reason. So that became a problem. So they built a wall called the Wall of Severance. Um, but the bears come across sometimes because in basically in Japanese mythology, animals can take on human form like wolves and foxes and things, which you'll know if you've seen things like wolf children and um, Pompoko and things like that. Um, so, ah. so you have to accept the fact that these bears can disguise as humans and come across the bo- come across the um, uh, the wall to try and eat people. Um, but it's also 
the other thing is it's sort of also a a romantic show at the same time um mm. um and the the yuri bit of the title um means that it's sort of a lady romance it's it's all girls there's no there's almost no guys in this area at all oh apart wow from some, apart from some of the bears um the only hu- the only males you see are in the from the bear world so it's almost like it's a parallel universe type thing um, huh. and there's this it's very weird <laughs> as you may have guessed from the setup um yeah so these bears come across um to and you think that they're coming across to eat eat um eat this girl but it's actually there's there's more to the story than that as you might guess um but it's it's really it's one of the strangest things i've seen for a while <laughs> uh it's it's very cute um it's very odd um and the bear you can watch it on funimation's funimation now uh website or you can watch it on hulu and i have i have um spoken before about how i really like anime that's just mental <laughs> just, <laughs> and this is one just, of those titles yeah when you just watch an anime and go what what the hell and that is one of those um and that's why i had to watch it basically <laughs> <laughs> Because it was just like the the premise was so bizarre um, that I thought this is going to be interesting to write about. I have to watch it, and I was right. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a hard one to sell because <laughs> it's but it's and it the animation is very pretty. There's oh, like is it? Really, yeah, the um, there's like these really interesting backgrounds and stuff. Um, it's it remi- visually it's a bit got some of the interesting stuff that looks kind of like um oh, what's it called magical girl series thing mm-hmm. uh, the what's Ma- it called? madoka Ma- Ma- yeah madoka magica that one oh yeah. my goodness yeah visually it looks a bit like that in places huh. like you got like all these like these um backgrounds with all abstract shapes and shapes and everything and um also the one of the funny things is the bears when they're in in their bear form they're like these little cute teddy bear mascot type things <laughs> um but they still eat people oh my god <laughs> so you, you got to go oh no scary bears and you look at the bear and you're like that's not a scary bear that's a cute bear um, and then it, and then and, it kills you it's like no it's scary again and they, they go around and like in the in the english version they translated it from the japanese but like when when the bears are in hu- bears are talking like they say something and then they say growl growl <laughs> uh, and oh it, it's anime cute. yeah it, it's very cute and I I enjoyed it <laughs> it's, but it's very strange um, and there, eventually there will be an article I've written about it but I can't tell you too much about it yet um, alright and I also I was I was also writing another article um and one of the things I was writing about was about um, anime that are based on like classic literature, but are then in space. Or <laughs> mm. uh, like what uh, kind of classic literature? Like the Count of Monte Cristo, or ah. things like that. Because there is a show called Gankutsuo. Gankutsuo, yeah. Yeah, and it is the Count of Monte Cristo in space. Uh, so I watched a couple of episodes of that, um, hmm. and it. It's the Cat of Monte Cristo in space, um, 
and also he's from the moon account in this version and um he's got blue skin and he might be a vampire so you know just yeah average adaptation of the count of monte cristo really <laughs> um and i also watched um the a couple of episodes of romeo x juliet which is a modern modern version of romeo and juliet where it's in sort of a fantasy world type thing and there are people on flying horses and in this version juliet is a um spunky cross-dressing um swashbuckler which is interesting so <laughs> i think that's about all i've been watching this week um because yeah it took quite a while to watch that series so those, those um, are both very i wouldn't say they're long series but they're very they're they're standard anime length so mm. that's a lot of episodes to get through well i didn't watch all of gangkut so because i was just watching it for research really but mm-hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, that's what I've been watching. Uh, hmm. Rachel? Um, I haven't been watching too much. I mean, I think most of what I've been watching this week have been just catching up on uh, animated television shows that I've been uh, been trying to keep up with, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and, oh gosh, um, there was another one that I've been meaning to check out for a while, but I hadn't really had the time to get into it, but I finally had some time this week to see if it was any good. Um, the... Cart the new Transformers animated show called uh, Robots in Disguise. Oh right. And yeah, hmm. that's been that they've already I believe they've they've already had a season under their belt and they were already in the process of uh airing their second season. It's kind of the different uh premiere dates for the UK and the US. I think the UK is ahead on the um airings because I think they actually finished the second season of the show whereas the US is still like barely just getting started with the second season. But yeah. it's it's this show is interesting because it's I'm not entirely sure what it's trying to do because it's they're trying to pass it off as like a sequel to the animated show that they had for Transformers beforehand, like a couple years ago, um, Transformers Prime, which was pretty darn good, if I recall. And so this was supposed to be kind of like a sequel series with um Bumblebee is the main character since Optimus is kind of out of the picture for the most part and so they're having him as the new team leader. He finds himself on Earth again with the ragtag team of uh, Autobots and one Decepticon turned Autobot and uh, basically trying to track down track down a whole bunch of Decepticon criminals that crash landed on Earth and basically trying to round them all up. Which is a good, it was a really neat premise, and that's what drew me into it in the first place. And the animation, while different from what Prime did, is still, you know, different. That there was more of a lighthearted kind of tone to the show as well. Which I admit I had mixed feelings about before, but it was, you know, the more episodes I watched, the more I was getting into it. But there are still some aspects of it that I'm really, that they were able to do uh, in Transformers Prime that I felt they could have also done in this show, but I don't know, for some reason or another, they just they just didn't do it, or they didn't really act on it, And which is, I'm kind of hoping maybe when I see more episodes of at least the season two finale, maybe that'll change around, but it's, uh, I don't know, it's, I've got very mixed feelings toward it. I mean, I love Transformers, and I always will, but I'm not entirely sure what where they're trying to take their animated series in this case. Like, are they trying to, you know, get more people for the, take more inspiration from the Michael Bay films? Are they kind of do their own thing? It's hard to say, really. 
I hope they're not taking inspiration from the Michael Bay films. Well, that's one of the things that, uh, at least in uh, Transformers Prime, that they a lot of people kind of were turned originally turned off by it because both uh, Optimus's design and um, Optimus, Bumblebee, and even Megatron's design they were very much in the vein of um, the Michael Bay films. Like if you look at Megatron's design, like it's you you look at his face, it's like oh my gosh, it's just like an animated version of his look from the live-action films, and it's just like, eh, not entirely sure, but here's here's what turned it around, though. Even though it was the movie-style design for Megatron, Frank Welker was doing the voice and probably doing a new take on that char- uh, character, making him a, like, a hell of a lot more intimidating, and just, like, uh... actually really dangerous, and it was, it was a tour de force. I really enjoyed that, being able to watch that character again after so many years. <laughs> Mm. Nice. I I think I got it mixed up. With, I think I saw Transformers: Robots in Disguise, and I think I was thinking it was that there there was they did like one show for like little kids, really little kids. Um, oh, the rescue rescue bot thing. Yeah, I think I got it mixed up with that. <laughs> I think the the rescue bot things for the like the more kid friendly Transformers mm-hmm. show that's been going on. That's been going on since actually I believe since. Prime was going on, so they had Transformers Prime, the Rescue Bots, and then once Prime ended, then uh, Robots in Disguise uh, was it started airing. So it's they have at least you know they have a more teenager teenager age range Transformers show, and then a kid little kid uh, Transformers show. So they're trying to catch as many many kids, many different ages of kids for these shows. Mm-hmm. As they can, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Trying to get everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, that's... Other than that, and like I said, I was trying to catch up with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and gearing up for the finale for season three, which is... I have to say, watching the season, I was a little hesitant because it was taking entire, taking place entirely in outer space. But... I don't know. Like I've, I've been really enjoying a lot of the episodes that they've been doing and the character interactions, especially with uh, the new introduction of um, a character for this season, uh, the Fugitoid, uh, Professor Honeycutt, who is a he's been, he's been in a multitude of different uh, Teenage Mutant Turtles uh, media, and but this and uh, this show he's being voiced by David Tennant. Oh, so oh. <laughs> it's kind of perfect, perfect casting, if you will. He's been doing quite a lot of voice acting, hasn't he? Yes, he has. Yes. Must, yes. must be something he he likes getting into, I guess. It's gotta <laughs> be. He voice he voices Smartlot's dad on um that dragon series on Netflix, Race to the Edge. Oh right, mm-hmm. I'd forgotten about yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, like it's funny because he only had three lines in the first How to Train Your Dragon movie, and then he returned to voice the same character in the series. <laughs> That's cool, because you don't normally have yeah. that happen. Nope. So it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, yeah, he, he, he's got to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, other than that, I think that's just, just Teenage Mutant Turtles and Transformers are very, very uh, merchandise-heavy uh, cartoons, I know. But mm-hmm. I, a lot of them are tied to nostalgia, so I can't quite help myself, so... Sorry. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, something that I know was in 
the episode that never was um, we talked about um, was the um, Phoenix Wright anime. Yes. Uh, Did you watch any more of that? I did watch the very next episode because I remember when we did that uh, the last time we talked about this, I had watched the first two. I've now seen the first three episodes. And um, I don't know if I think another one came out relatively recently. I haven't seen seen yet, but I, I most certainly will when I get the chance. And it's very... I have to say, I'm really enjoying how they're kind of slightly regurgitating the plot of the first game, or at least in terms of the first two cases so far. But they're doing it in a good way. The music is spot on from the game with really brilliant orchestration. And I even like the way they're playing out like the different events of the case and just, you know, taking advantage of the fact that this is an anime and not a video game kind of, and showing, like, what would this scene from the game look like if it was an anime, and pretty much getting it spot on. Objection! Yeah, those I, two! I, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Take that! Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, that's everything for now? Yep, I think that's pretty much it. Jill? Yeah? Well, have you been watching anything interesting lately? Ah, uh, well, I checked out the Powerpuff Girls reboot, and unfortunately, it's gone the way of Teen Titans Go. No. Yes, they it's ain't not. So. Yes, they make a lot of meme references. It focuses more on the girls, like home and school life, rather than going out and fighting baddies and stuff. And oh. it's done away completely with the original formula. So it's it's no. kind of sad. It's it's not what I was expecting it to be at all, and it reminded me a lot of what they did with Teen Titans Go. So it's it's kind of tragic. <laughs> the last yeah. thing is we we need is another show trying to imitate that show. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's pretty much what it's doing. It's it's pretty sad. So mm. kind of a kind of a stab in the heart because that was one of my. Favorite shows growing up, and I watch it just about every night with my sisters. And <sighs> another one, another reboot that doesn't pay proper homage to its source material at all. For shame. So, yep, kind of a bummer. And then I haven't really been watching many other animated series because a lot of the ones I watch are on hiatus right now. Hey, pardon the interruption, but I'm just going to interject quickly to say that there are some spoilers coming up for the Season 2 finale of Star Wars Rebels, and so if you want to avoid them, you want to skip forward about five minutes or so, and then they'll be over. So, get back to the show. Did you, um, oh, they did you get the chance to see the... Did I'm um, Speaking of which, did you get the chance to see the uh, Season finale for Season 2 finale for Rebels? Well, of course. I <laughs> I wanted to check because we hadn't a chance to talk about this for a long I time, so I wanted to. I that wanted to get your opinion on that. It kind of blew my mind. It kind of blew my mind, and also made me really sad. I know. They like, could not you know, have handled that. Uh, they could not have handled the, the reunion between um, Anakin, so- Anakin Skywalker as Darth Vader and Ahsoka any better. Yes. Yes, oh, especially when she realizes that Darth Vader is Anakin, and you just go, oh, babies. <laughs> <laughs> the heartstrings are being pulled, like, so strong. 
I know, and Kanan's blind, presumably, he's blind now. That was the real shocker for me in the entire finale, was the fact that, I mean, I knew... I knew that if they were throwing Darth Maul into the mix, something bad was going to happen to somebody, but I didn't quite expect it to be quite as serious as a character, a permanent character, goes blind because of this. I know. "Ah!" And it was surprising, too, that, like, you know, you're kind of led to, like, trust Darth Maul because you think, oh, he's totally reformed now. He's changed his ways. But that, but yeah, like, but at the same time, in the back of your mind, you're like, is he, though? I like characters like that. Yeah, because it's like, I wasn't sure, because I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, the Empire did let him get chopped in half in episode one, so... Let him get chopped Uh, chopped in half, you know, let him go mentally insane, he tried to get back to power, and Palpatine's like, no. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like, Maybe he has changed his ways and is fighting for good. And then it was like, no, he's just looking for an apprentice for the dark side. <laughs> well, looking for an apprentice, he's he still, I think his his main goal is probably still to uh, topple the emperor and get, and, you know, and make the, you know, help with uh, causing the empire to fall. But he's doing mm-hmm. it for selfish reasons. I think I saw an interview with um, David Filoni like, in terms of, like, affiliation between light side or dark side. You know, if you're doing something for selfish reasons, you your dark side, whereas if you're doing it for selfless reasons, you know, that's the light side. Well, so. yeah. It's interesting still to see, too, that, like, Ezra still struggles with that dark and light. Mm-hmm. I think he's, so it's like, he could fall either way. Mm. So it'd, yeah, be, it'd be interesting. Predictions for that in the next season? Uh, well, I think his struggle will come more to the forefront. Yeah. Now that he's gotten more of a taste of the dark side with Darth Maul. And its power and ability. So I think he'll struggle more with that. And then it'll be interesting to see how Kanan adapts to the blindness. And everything. And I need more Kanan and Hera in my life, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I need, need more way space more. Papa and space mama. I need them way more in my life. Man. <laughs> Gosh, like that the episode before where they're like saying goodbye to each other and stuff and ah. Uh, We'll see yeah. each other again. Unfortunately, it's going to be one. Not literally. <laughs> that was, that literally. was an interesting twist. I know. I was like, oh, oh, now, wow, that, screw you guys. <laughs> David so, Maloney! Yeah, they're doing a really good job with that series, though. Like, I could see it going on for a long time. Yeah, at least so. we'll, we'll see how things go in the, in the next season, I think, which is supposed to be fall of this year. It'll be fall, because this, this one premiered in October of last year, so I would predict okay. this one, next one to do the same, to follow suit, because then that gives them plenty of time to continue to produce and write and animate. Yeah. So, which, As far as this year is concerned, I'm just like, take your time, guys. Um, it's going to be worth the wait. Oh, yeah. I, when it's a series of that caliber, I'm like, if you need more time, please take it. <laughs> I will wait, because I'll know the wait will be worth it. Yeah. So, yeah. Worth right, it. Me too. All the Rebels questions that I had for you. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, so, yeah, do you uh, want to talk about our main topic? Or is there anything else that you wanted to mention, Jill? 
Nope, because like I said, pretty much everything I watch right now is on hiatus, unfortunately. So, kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm like, please come back soon. <laughs> so, yeah, like, Miraculous Ladybug, Wander Over Yonder. Yeah, I know that's going to, Wander mm-hmm. Over Yonder is going to be ending soon, isn't it? It's ending. There's a petition out there to get it extended, because even the crew doesn't want to end it. It's Disney that's ending it. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, once Disney's made up their mind, it's pretty difficult to get them to change it. I think the only time that fans were able to actually get Disney to add more episodes to a show was Kim Possible, because that was supposed to end after season three, and it got a fourth season. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it got a fourth season because of fan demand, so who knows? Maybe if the voices are loud enough, Wander will get another season, but I highly doubt it. Fingers crossed. Yeah, so we I have other episodes of that, and it was really entertaining. It's fantastic because it's just endlessly happy. And then this second season introduced a new villain, and she's really fantastic in the fact that she does the destruction purely because she enjoys it. Mm. Yeah, so. I actually saw a video of her uh, doing her little song bit in the one. Of yes. The videos. There's that was a musical a good episode. Song. Yeah, there's a musical episode called My Fair Haiti. <laughs> and um yeah, basically it surrounds Hater wanting to tell Dominator, who's the female villain, that he really likes her and he wants to take her out and everything. And she basically laughs in his face because she's not interested in that at all. All she cares about mm-hmm. is dominating and being the best villain she can be. She finds the idea of Hater like liking her and wanting to take her out on a date extremely laughable. Mm-hmm. Which is it's terrible so for Hater. You, he... you see his face and he's all like, you know, heartbroken. It's really sad. He's so sad and everything. Oh. Yeah, that was, I think, one of their best episodes to date. That whole musical episode is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. It was good animation, mm-hmm. too. Oh, yeah. And then the that song, I'm the Bad Guy. <laughs> yeah, Very or she's catchy. the bad yeah, super catchy and super well done. So, yeah, if you haven't checked out Wander Over Yonder, it's not too late yet. <laughs> but it's getting there. Watch it, support it. Please. <laughs> it deserves more episodes. It's a gem. But um, Craig McCracken's doing another series for Disney, so... I believe, so... Oh, really? Yes. Huh. Well, then it's highly unlikely then that there'll be more episodes. Yes, I would say. If he's so. already moved on. Yeah, if he's already moved on and the rest of the crew have moved on. It's it's done. It's done. Mm. Uh, but then I never say you. never. say never. I mean, we are getting that Hey Arnold movie ten years later, so... And the revival know. of Samurai Jack, so there is a yeah. revival for cartoons. Yep. So as long as they're well. done right... <laughs> So all you've got to do is wait ten years and there'll be Wonder Over Yonder movie, maybe. Yay! Oh. I can watch it with my kids <laughs> in my 30s. Yeah! So, you know, just have to be super patient. I mean, I was patient with Hey Arnold and I'm getting rewarded next year, so. <laughs> you mean the Hey Arnold? Ten years is long. The two no, it's been 12 years. Yeah, it's been 12 years and it'll be 13 when it finally premieres next year. Holy frick. <laughs> Sorry, long, long time. 
boggles my mind. Okay. In a world deprived of invention and stuck in the age of steam, the greatest scientific minds are disappearing. April! should find a new friend. Ah! What are you doing here? I'm Julius. You lost your parents, right? I can help if you want. And don't get any ideas. There'll be no more exchanging saliva. I think she likes you. Do you know where we are? Yeah. April. Can you explain? This isn't a good time. Okay. So, I think we're about ready to move on to our main topic and talk about April and the Extraordinary World. <laughs> I think it... Oh, it's the the extraordinary world. I thought it was the twisted world. It is. Well, they're both. They are. Um, it's released in America as April and Extraordinary World. Um, ah. The the um, translated French title is April and the Twisted World. So it, I like that one better. <laughs> sometimes it is known as April and the Twisted World, and I think I think it says it on the film. <laughs> maybe, okay, maybe. but it, the the um, US poster and everything it says April an extraordinary world. So yeah. okay, so uh, April an extraordinary world is a French, Belgian, Canadian co-production. It is a two D animation um, based on comics by a artist called um, Jacques Tati, um, and it is a ve- it is in limited release in US and some Canadian uh, cinemas now via G-Kids who um, very kindly uh, allowed us to watch the film and we all got to see it and we're going to talk about it (laughs) obviously Um, (laughs) and so what the film is about is it is set in a alternative history um, in a version of the uh, 1940s Paris, where there was no World War Two or anything, um, but it's basically steampunk. Um, there is no electricity, but there's lots of steam things, and there is lots of um, steam chimneys and stuff. And there are two Eiffel Towers, um, <laughs> and um, there is all sorts of weird things. Like there's a, because basically France is still ruled over by the Napoleon dynasty because something didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, and um, it, it the main character is April, and uh, her parents were scientists, and they got uh, they disappeared when she was about ten, and because uh, in this world all the scientists are disappearing, um, and have been for a long Hence time. That's why there is no electricity. Exactly. Yep. Um, and so it's all steampunk, and um, uh, basically it's like set ten years after her parents disappear, and. Um, uh, a bunch of stuff happens <laughs> mm. <laughs> to, to sum it up. <laughs> Lots of sciencey stuff. Lots of sciencey, mm-hmm. steamy stuff. Not steamy, not in a. <laughs> not, <laughs> a... <laughs> not in that way, no. no. I know, no. I know, it's, I know it's French, <laughs> but <laughs> not in that way at all. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, 
there's a lot of steam, but it's not steamy in the way that you're thinking. <laughs> we're, we're talking steam as in there's lots of stuff polluting the air, and hence a lot of people are having to wear masks and cover their faces, otherwise they start getting soot in their lungs. Mm-hmm. Really, yep. really not nice stuff. So, Happy Earth Day! <laughs> Yeah. So, that was yes. one of the most interesting parts of the whole I meeting, other than the fact that, you know, the uh, technology wasn't allowed to advance because of the fact that certain scientists that were would invent a lot of the different things that would help, you know, technology they weren't evolve. there. Yeah, so that they weren't there to invent those things. So if they weren't there, then such and such would happen, and we would have to rely on this kind of technology in order to, you know, in that particular time period, which was really fascinating. Yeah, and then I love... you get to see the after effects of what, you know, having to rely on that te- technology for so long would, you know, do to, like, the citizens or the people living there. Yeah, I love alternate histories, basically. <laughs> and it sort of introduces, like, there's one event, like, in the 1800s or something, where um, somebody dies who shouldn't have died, and um, that basically changed the whole history of France and Europe and everything, so... We... Including including uh, April's two parents, and uh, I think her, her her grandfather was also a scientist, but he was you know he's able to dodge being captured for a little while longer. So for a long time longer. <laughs> yeah. And but... then it's the the movie's basically April's journey to to figure out what it was they were working on that had them be taken away in the first place. Yeah. So, basically, this movie's really good. <laughs> yes, it's really good. It's really out there in concept and ideas, but it all works together actually really well. So, and it's yeah, a really well, like... yeah, it's a really well thought out alternate universe. Definitely, and I got a lot of, uh, at least with all the action sequences, I got a real, like, what's the word? It's like, a, I wouldn't say Indiana Jones kind of vibe, but just, it's, it's kind of, yeah. it's, Maybe just maybe I, the reason why I kind of gravitate toward that title is because it's a very fun adventure film. It really is. It's a There's lots of wacky things going on, like and lots of crazy visuals. I mean, heck, one of the main uh, companions for April is her talking cat, Darwin. Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> Darwin rules. Best he character in the film. The best. Ne- yes. Second best, I see. Um, he's my favorite character. And second favorite character is uh, April's grandfather. Uh, yeah, I love him. Pops. Pops. <laughs> Pops was great. Any oh, any guy who can make a freaking, you know, submarine house. That was like you know, so. House moving castle. That's what I, <laughs> I got I like major house moving people. castle vibes. That that was very. Very reminiscent of Howl's Movie Castle, but it's interesting. I've, I did, I saw like a quote from a review that said it's like Miyazaki meets Pixar, and it was just like that. Really sounds like you just saw only heard of two an two animation. <laughs> I know. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't know about the Pixar bit. <laughs> Maybe like a little Miyazaki. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's like that bit with the that did make me think of Howl's Movie Castle. That was like the only bit that made me think of any Miyazaki film, though. Exactly. Yeah. Same. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like there is more to animation than <laughs> that, and there's no, there's no real Pixar. 
thing about it at all that I can think. And of. That, that sentence makes zero sense. Miyazaki meets Pixar. What? Okay. Uh, it's it's it just its own unique entity in terms of uh, storytelling and you know yeah. filmmaking. You really, so you really can't compare it to much out there. It's like you can compare like the style, like the animation style, kind of remind me of like the old Tintin comic strips or like Asterixis. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah. Asterix, yeah. Sorry, I can never pronounce that right. Um, yeah, like that's what the style reminded me of. I got the characters at least. Well, so that mm-hmm. was like very that reminded of that, and that. So I mean, it was it was very French in its style. Yeah, that must that's the sort of Franco-Belgian comic style, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Franco-Belgian. You're right. Yeah, and it's, <clears> and it's exactly um, it's exactly like brought to life as if it comes from mm-hmm. the comic books and yeah it made me think oh I'd, I'd kind of like like an animated tinted movie like this that'd be awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah not that one we got <laughs> yeah the one we got was okay it was still i did I don't think the yeah. style that they were going for in that film was quite quite what needed to be for a tintin film no but it was Visually, it was stunning in certain sequences, but we're getting off track. Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. We're, that's what we normally do. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, this movie just kind of like blew my mind. I did one criticism I had of it was um, the character of Julius. I felt he was kind of shoehorned in there to be a love interest. Eh, kind of, yeah. I think. I mean, I I don't think I really disliked having him there. I mean... There were parts where I was like, oh, he's funny. Yeah. He did have his moments, but yeah, I can understand because it's like he... Why he... It would seem that he's just like... He's kind of there for moral support, really. I know. I'm like, April needs a love interest. Yeah. And I'm like, "Uh, no... Okay. <laughs> like she I just and Darwin like... were doing just fine on their own. I know. I'm like, he could have just left it with her and Darwin and like added Julius in as like a like the wrench, like he's the, still the guy who calls in and everything and stuff, and kind of nearly ruins everything. So, mm-hmm. but I was like, he doesn't need to be because I felt like the love story between them was not very organic. <laughs> so. Well, it was interesting, though, at the very end... Oh, I, I probably shouldn't spoil it unless we put up the little spoiler warning yet, because... Should, we, should we do that? Should do, should we go into spoiler territory, Chris, or you think we just want to hold off on that for a little bit? We we could... Well, we could go into that, I think. I think we've sort of... If we just give... I think we've given general feelings that it's good and you should you should watch it. Definitely, you should totally yeah. watch it. You should watch it. Even though it's if, a limited release, you know, if you, if it's in your area, go check it out. Yeah, you should check it out. If it's not, then get it. Then rent, get it when it comes out. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I think I've, I'd love to have seen it on the big screen. I think it. Me really... too. I'm gonna check out and see if it's anywhere playing anywhere near me. It probably is. <laughs> and um, also, the other thing to say uh, before we like go into spoiler territory is that um, it's we watched. We saw the subtitled version, um, and I think most screenings are in subtitles, but there are dubbed um, screenings, matinees, I think, um, which has got it's got like Susan Sarandon and um, uh, J.K. Simmons and um, what? <laughs> I, I I gotta go see one of these dubbed versions now. And uh, Tony Hale from um, Arrested Development. I think he might be Darwin. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
so yeah, I'm... I need to go see the dubbed. dubbed. Yeah, I need to go see the dubbed. <laughs> That's a great cast for the dubbed. <laughs> Not that the French wasn't wonderful, but still. Oh yeah, the French was great. You get married. I would like Cotillard. To... Yeah, <laughs> she's fantastic. Yeah, um, she's fantastic as April. Mm-hmm. So you can, yeah, I I do want to see the dubbed version just to compare it, really. Um, but mm-hmm. I think I'm glad I watched it subtitled because it's it's so French. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. It just felt natural. So yeah, having said that, go see it. And now we shall say that from this point onwards, there may be spoilers. So there will be spoilers. There will be spoilers. <laughs> okay, there will be spoilers. We, there were, so if you don't want to be spoiled stop listening because you will be <laughs> mm-hmm. big, yes. big stuff that happens in the film will be talked about at length and if you don't want to if you want to wait to be surprised by that in the actual film then yeah hold off on that please <laughs> so having said that right having said that um, it was just an interesting comparison I mean it wasn't like a, a very important the grand scheme of the movie I don't think but it was uh Nice, at least when the whole thing with, you know, Julius and April kind of resolved itself and, you know, it was obvious that they were going to, they were going to start a romantic relationship. It was, there was a neat comparison between those two at the end with April's own mother and father. With everything that happened between those two, it didn't look like there was going to be any resolution there. Nope. Between those two characters. So it was interesting. You have one couple getting together and then you have another couple looking like they were going to stay apart. Which yep. was an interesting comparison, mm-hmm. or at least a parallel. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought that was a good parallel in the end. And so, and then I kind of liked how they kind of summarized up what happened afterwards with, like, the little news briefs on oh, the yeah. TV and everything. Um, like, jumping ten years every so often and stuff. So, mm-hmm. that, was that, was, cool. that was pretty clever. And everything in Julius and April's home mm-hmm. so we'd have to go more into like the other stuff before we like talk about what happened with that though or else yeah. it wouldn't make sense to anyone listening mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah and I thought the opening was pretty like it was pretty violent and shocking <laughs> yeah I mean I was like, it, I was like oh my god <laughs> the movie literally starts with uh, an explosion which results in the murder, murder of three people just like yeah. oh goodness one of whom mm-hmm. is the Emperor of France. Yeah. In disguise. Yeah. So. I thought that and, was kind of wild. <laughs> and then after that, and after those three deaths, it basically kind of jumps ahead a few more years, or like quite a, quite a few years. And 70 now, years. <laughs> yeah, and then explaining how those three deaths basically resulted in the way the, uh, the world was evolving the way it was, and the way we see later in the film. Mm-hmm. And the motivations for the um, for April, at least mostly her family, mm-hmm. and what they're trying to work toward, and why yeah. Darwin can talk. Yes, so it was That's one of those awesome. invincibility serums that wasn't quite right. <laughs> they tested on him. Mm-hmm. I, I love that he could talk. <laughs> And it that seemed like awesome. he also kind of like was more of a, a mentor figure for April growing up because I think he mentions at one point that he was actually tutoring her. He was. He was tutoring her in different subjects and everything. So kind of that wise cat. 
kind of deal. So it must have made him smarter, or he was already very smart. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, cats he... are pretty intelligent on their own, so I think it's probably that the serum that they, they made for him was probably, like, you maybe gave him a bit more of, like, a, you know, human, like, cognizance. Or yeah. and also the ability to actually, you know, speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That must have been quite a shock. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we get, get our little girl a babysitter. No, we'll just have the cat look after her. There we go. <laughs> that works. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was pretty intense chasing and everything. And then ending with that cable car and like the cable car just being completely blown up. Yes, that was really like, and just all those people getting shocked by lightning and supposedly, at least some of them looked like they clearly died. Yeah. And you think your parents have died too. Yeah. That was really so. intense. And then um, I was really expecting at least at one point the um, the police officer, the detective who was uh, basically pursuing the family in the opening sequence. And then um, he appears like in bits and pieces throughout the later parts of the movie. I, I really thought he was going to have more involvement mm-hmm. in the story overall. But I don't know. I guess for, it's, for all the characters that we already had on screen, it was kind of for the best that he just kind of he was there and then he was gone. <laughs> He was more for comedic relief, I felt. Yeah, he was like yeah. a bum- bumbling sort of. Yeah. Inspector. Uh, yeah, Inspector Clouseau well. type. <laughs> yeah, he, he was he wasn't angry, very good. Though. Yes. Mm. More angry than Inspector Clouseau, but no, I could. He's definitely fit that archetype. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I kind of like. It's kind of sad to see the direction April's life was going in, though. Like she was like had her hair all shaved off and was going to be in an orphanage and just completely in the system. So thankfully she escaped that with her cat. Mm. Still had a rough life. And then they did the time jump 10 years and I was like, oh, wait, another time jump? (laughs) There were a lot of time jumps in this movie. I know. I was kind of like, okay. It's like this happened and that resulted in this happening and then there, here's this. Yes, and here we are. It was done in a good way that even though it took you out for um, like a couple years of that time frame to put you back into mm-hmm. the film, it was done. It was actually handled pretty well. Like I was still, it didn't take out the investment. It was all yeah. still there and, and watch and enjoy the rest of the movie. Right. And now she lives in a statue. I know. How is she living in a statue and no one figuring it out? Because uh, she, she could look out the eye and see them coming. <laughs> And hidden, and know, hidden just, entrances also help. Yeah, it, it just seems like a very odd place if you're trying to lie low. <laughs> <laughs> the middle yeah. of this, the middle of this like big courtyard, right? The yeah, sitting in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool hideout though. <laughs> oh yeah, it was. yeah. A home, home slash lab. Mm-hmm. She, where she kept all her doodads and gadgets, and I, I swear to God, the entire time. Where they're showing her living there and the fact that she's taking care of a very sick Darwin. I'm just like, oh my god, no! Yeah, well, yeah. No, I, I, was ahead, re- I was ready to sort of turn on the film at that point. If anything happens to Darwin, there's going to be trouble. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a stupid person where I'm sort of like, oh yeah, people I can watch a film and like, oh that person's dead, that person's dead. But if anyone sort of even threatens an animal, I'm like, oh, you you don't dare, don't you dare. Or I was watching stuff. No, not quite that. Um, but yeah, I I'd get upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, come I was, on, guys. Was like, don't, we're gonna, don't. gonna go for the easy, easy, you know, 
tear, you know, invoking tears of the audience, killing the animal character. But fortunately, unfortunately, the film found a way around that in a quite in a clever manner. I know. <laughs> uh, I love how smart Alki he was too when he came back. <laughs> Invince a kitty or kid invincible. Invincible. <laughs> yep. Uh, but I think one of the my favorite parts of the film, other than just Darwin and Pops, is the whole like they found like so many different ways to experiment with the look of how certain technology would function or work. Even like the new like the more advanced stuff like you see with the uh the primary antagonist characters, the um and their kind of hideout was just like all this like the airplanes and the tra- you know, the trams and everything. It was just there's everything was just so unique to look at. Like you you think you've seen a, like another type of something like that kind of plane or kind mm-hmm. of vehicle. Like even the house, the the you know the for the house moving house fortress, uh, like you feel like you've like you've seen stuff like that with house moving castle or some kind of uh, semi like steampunk kind of style, but it's it's still it's still got its own unique uh, logic or science to it, which is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. That kind of was one of the big reasons I kept watching the film because so I just wanted to see what else they were gonna show off next. Mm. I love I love the whole sort of there being a big cable car like from literally from the Eiffel Towers <laughs> yeah then there are like, two Eiffel Towers <laughs> they're like the, the Eiffel Towers are a station <laughs> to travel between Paris and Berlin and it's like oh that's novel <laughs> um, and like even even the opening sequence I really love like, not the opening se- like the opening titles were really creative like the way oh right! Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like yeah, with um, having all the different names in the in the books as you know titles. Oh and, yeah, mm-hmm. that was yeah, cool. I, I generally find that if you're watching a film and like you even the credits impress you, you're like, ah, oh, <laughs> that's a good. Mm-hmm. This is going to be good. <laughs> um, I actually I. It rem- it reminded me of something when I was watching it. I remembered this um, live action French film I'd seen, um, that was kind of like a. Um, I think it it was more set in like, uh, sort of like early nineteen hundreds or something, mm-hmm. but it had like a um, a, f- a female man character who was sort of like, kind of like, a female Indiana Jones, James Bond sort of all rolled into one sort of adventurer, mm. and. Or, and it had like um had <laughs> had random elements like um a T Rex running around Paris and things like that. Um, Whoa, and hey! It, and it was called the Adventures of Adele Blanc. I think it might even be called the Extraordinary Adventures of Adele Blanc Sec or something. And then I looked yeah. it up, and it, I think it was a Luc Besson film, um, or he produced it at least. And I looked it up, and it was based on a comic by the same guy. So I was like, oh. That explains it. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's really neat. So, if so you like kind that, of similar elements to it. Mm. And also, if they did an animated film based on that, that would also be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think of the uh, the antagonists for the film? Which one? The um. Well, I guess the the 
I mean, the overall group is the, you know, the, the you have the two lizards that were shown that had been uh, given that serum, like, in the very early part when the the Emperor of France died. But um, I guess the real antagonistic one of the two is the, the male one. I forget what his name was. But this Rodrigo. Is Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. And what, yeah, what do you think was... of the whole... I thought it was, like, you knew something was going to go down because he was definitely, like, he was becoming seduced by this power that he wielded and everything, even Mm -hmm. though they were supposed to be this pacifist group and everything. And Shameen held very true to that and everything, even though, like, their ultimate goals weren't ideal Mm -hmm. and stuff. At least, like, she never wanted to resort to violence and she was able to hold him back until he had that serum in his hand and everything and then he was like oh wait nope screw the original plan (laughs) I can live forever I can live forever now kids you gotta decide mommy or daddy (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was interesting how they had basically you had those two and we we knew we kind of knew who they were because they showed Mm -hmm. they showed them in the beginning but then Mm -hmm. you get to see more and more of their operations like oh no there's like They've reproduced. They had. They have multiple kids. It's like, and as they're acting as their foot soldiers, yep. which was really interesting idea. <laughs> I liked when they make when the mom mixed up the number of that one tadpole and stuff, and, and the kid was like, "I'm I'm one three two, not oh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like "Mom, you forgot my name." <laughs> yeah, so they don't have names. They just have numbers. Because <laughs> there's so just like, that many of them. Well, it's like you almost wonder, too, they just reproduce just to have foot soldiers and stuff. Yeah, I really, like, I, I kind of be sort of curious about that, that the backstory for those for those two. It's just like, okay, how did, how did they go from running out of a greenhouse in France several, you know, over 70 years ago to, you know, this big giant army full of uh, in, uh, kidnapping scientists? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the kid scientists that... It was interesting, too, because the scientists that cooperated were basically allowed free reign to do what they needed towards the ultimate goal. And then the ones that didn't cooperate were kept in those kind of barracks and everything. Yeah, those laser laser cages things. Yeah, yeah, which it's like, it's kind of funny when the power went out and stuff, those cages were basically, they didn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, no one thought of a backup for this? (laughs) I thought you were supposed to be super intelligent lizards, think you know, thinking things through. With and you have all these other scientists, you'd think that they'd have they they would have a backup, but nope. No, there's no backup on that. But yeah, I thought it was it was interesting. Just the whole like you could tell Rodrigo definitely was falling more into the power and stuff and like being seduced by it, whereas Shamin was able to keep a clear head and everything and continued to wanting to be a pacifist. And yeah, I think that was that was the whole like in terms of the best, these two antagonistic characters. That basically that was the the dynamic between them. Like they were obviously you know they they have they have babies, so they obviously had they were you know lovers at one point. But watching that kind of relationship fall out, kind of similar to how April's parents mm-hmm. kind of fell out mm-hmm. from each other. Well, yeah, because Annette agree, like agreed with the ideas of the project and stuff, whereas Paul did not. Yeah. Didn't, so, yeah, and he knew it was bad what they were doing, so he didn't want to do it. So, but yeah, moving backwards, 
I really, I think my favorite sequence was the attack on the house. Oh, and yeah. And it being transformed into, like, this walking, moving, like, fortress. <laughs> yeah, and basically exactly. taking said fortress to try and uh, find uh, mm-hmm. her grandpa, who had been just recently been captured. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it would crack me up was after, like, the house transformed and stuff, and then the Pops comes on the recording and <laughs> gives them, like, the orientation <laughs> <laughs> to the house. <laughs> this is how you use a house fortress. Yeah, and the rest can be found in this manual. And <laughs> spits out a manual. I <laughs> know. Oh, I just thought it was a pretty good comedic moment and all that <laughs> action yeah. and everything. Yeah, both. Yeah, pops and the um that one inspector guy. They were they were pretty good uh comedy. They offered some pretty good comedy in the more more. I'd say more on pops' end because pops could be comedic, but still same time getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. Overall scheme of the plot. I loved when he was working on that plane and everything, and so he was just so happy and thrilled and everything, and just so in awe of every everything and stuff. Yeah, and the entire like, the entire base is flooding, and he's still working on the airplane. I know and he's having like the time of his life. Like this is great. <laughs> and so like a true scientist, I know, like a true scientist, and then he figures it out because he had been working on electricity himself. Yeah, so. I really like the whole the, the build up of that when they when they first come to his house and they uh-huh. uh, and April goes into that one room and plugs in the machine and then it starts generating electricity. Yeah, and it's like to think that adds no one has really invented that yet or really discovered it, so it's just like or harnessed it. So it was really interesting to see how they would react to you know having the, the power of electricity. Mhm. Mhm. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty good. Going going back to the sort of climax though, it's a real, real unexpected sort of change when it goes from like all Paris and the grey and everything to this mm-hmm. completely different location. Like I I did not see where it went coming at all. I mean, obviously they set it up with the lizards and stuff, but you don't expect them to have sort of a secret underground. Um. <laughs> Lost World type thing, but there. No. Uh, like, oh, I did not see that coming. <laughs> this, it goes from sort of all the greys and and dark Paris and everything to all the green mm-hmm. and stuff, and it's like, oh. Which is a good change of pace, because I mean, yeah. Having the the film be a majority, at least of the, the set in the you know this dystopian dystopian uh you know prehistory you know, steampunk thing would be, is really cool and they mm-hmm. offer a lot of really mm-hmm. neat visuals, but it's good to change up the visuals with a night you know, something with a bit more color mm-hmm. to help offset the the different locations. Yeah. Bring, well, give the film a balance as it were. Oh uh, yeah, you know, I've I've just realized what? that it, what? that is actually kind of a bit of a Pixar thing. The sort of oh. the the third act that completely that's or you know the second bit that's completely different from the rest of the your, your wallies and your um mm-hmm. uh, I can't what's well, another one that does that <laughs> Is it no I know Wally does that with um mm. between earth and then the outer space thing and the ship but uh, I can't um are you talking maybe about uh maybe up did that a oh, little yeah, bit up, yeah. yeah up definitely did that yeah and kind of a bit of inside out but um so I suppose, yeah, that is a parallel with Pixar a bit, but 
if this comes from the original uh, graphic novel, then, you know, it did it first. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of what else you wanted to, to talk about this one, because there's just... There's so many different aspects, and we've, we've covered a lot already in terms of just the visual style and then the different aspect, you know, different parts of the plot and the, the, char- the relationship between the characters is... Um, Jill, I think you mentioned earlier the something about the uh, the way they handled the ending, and they kept jumping ahead with showing how um, on the the news report. No, yeah, because they keep jumping ahead, like to show how technology has progressed now that the scientists are back and everything, and how they finally get to the moon in two thousand one. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how behind we were, um, and then like Darwin in the end, he had basically essentially gone into the rocket in order to ensure that it blew up at a reasonable distance and everything. And you see him on the moon <laughs> and everything with all that vegetation that come out of the rocket. And he's like, it's me. <laughs> it took so you long get, enough. Yeah. The, the, the news cameras with the, um, with the astronauts basically kind of doing their own. It's like, you know, one small step for man, you know, of giant yeah. leap for such and such. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh goodness, look over there! And then there's the cat bounding. There's Darwin bounding over the, the hills, like, hey, April, look! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you think it almost that it killed her too to find out <laughs> Darwin was alive. Because <laughs> you just hear this crash, and then you kind of hear Julius freak out a little. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then it turns out no, she's okay. <laughs> she probably just fell over from shock, and then it's just yeah. It's like, oh goodness. How he's like, but they better bring him down safely, even well, like though he the... is—he is Kitty Invincible. So he's Kit Invincible. I love that, <laughs> especially when he like when they, the lizards shoot him and stuff to prove their point, and he like <laughs> they're, they're waiting for him to come back, and then he comes back and he's like Kit Invincible. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing faces that cat anymore. No, he's like totally like I am totally cool. I am invincible. And he was constantly so. teasing um or shipping, I like to say for between April and Julius the entire month. No, he was he was really pushing that. <laughs> like he, he likes you, you like her? Huh? <laughs> so Lumiere basically. Lumiere and yeah, basically. Basically. <laughs> he was like, "Come on, yeah, yeah." <laughs> Oh my goodness! Makes sense. She's French. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh huh. And she's smart. <laughs> <laughs> she's always got her nose in a book. <laughs> what did you think of the uh, the twist that they had with the um with the serum? Because at first we didn't think that it was the uh, the serum that uh, April made. We thought that that would that done nothing and it was just something the I think it was the serum that from the that her parents had made was put in that glass ball that she had. Mm. Well I think it and made sense it that they the opposite. Well like the serum in the glass ball it made sense that it wouldn't work because if it had worked then her parents would have engineered it already like a long time ago mm-hmm. for those dr- lizard dragons and stuff and that would have been it and stuff so it was kind of not too surprising when it revealed, like, oh, that serum in the snow globe, it didn't work. <laughs> and yeah. you actually, that one, that last one you created, that's the one that worked. Yeah, it and was interesting how just... they pulled that twist. Yeah, and then, like, the other twist that 
the lizard had thought he had drunk in the serum and stuff and thought he was invincible. And it turns out Julius had swapped it and given him water instead. And so I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah, that's a, see, see, Julius actually did something did something relatively important to the plot. Oh, no, that didn't, you know, muck everything up. He actually ended up saving everyone, pretty much. Yep, which I thought was cool. Yep, me too. So I was like, sweet. Okay, you have my respect now. <laughs> <laughs> didn't really before, but now you do. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting, at least for, um... Oh, God, why can I never remember the, the, the lizard's name? Um, the main bad guy. I keep Rodrigo. Rodrigo, I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting him to get killed off quite so quickly, but I was, you know, I was expecting like a big epic battle between him and someone. That yeah, someone him I and someone like April or maybe Julie. I don't know. And it was, someone maybe Shamine was maybe Shamine would wake up. I, I don't know. But yeah, it was it was actually in hindsight, even though it was you know it was unexpected that they killed him off that quickly. I think it was fitting because he basically jumped the gun and assuming that he had everything, and then when he tried to you know, move forward on what he wanted to do and basically screw everyone else over, then that's when mm-hmm. uh they were just like, Oh, no wait, guess what? You're not you're not immortal. You never mm-hmm. were. So sorry. Yeah. And he's like oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> Yep. Just killed him right there. Like done and done. Okay. <laughs> well you have all the other their uh their offspring as it were, all like fighting in the background. Mm-hmm. It was really, really chaotic chaotic climax but it was chaotic in a good way I think yeah me too I thought it was pretty good yeah yeah um, um, apparently it won it won the um, best feature award at last year's Annecy oh, oh did it yeah so nice I deserves I it it deserves it yeah we'd like at the moment we'd we'd I think we'd all like to see it um, going up for the the um, the animated Oscar next year, but we know it's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of competition, so, so it might much. it might not make it. But I could see it making know. it in the foreign film category. Yeah, agreed. Because I think there may be a little less competition there, but the animation category this year is going to be very tight. There's a lot of good contenders this year. Mm-hmm. Mm. We could still pull for April to maybe try and squeeze in there because uh, at least with um, the last Oscars were any indication they were including a lot more different kind of films in the animation category. But still, it's gonna, in terms of actually winning said Oscar, it's going to be very, very, very tough considering the pa- the first couple animated films this year are all really big contenders. Mm-hmm. You, have to have, you have to have your G kits slot, don't you, at the um, at the Oscars. Yeah. Last year we had two. Uh, um, so maybe this... At the moment, this looks like the best contender, but obviously there's a lot of the year to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm assuming, you know, you, cause they're only... Like the Ghibli film this year, only yesterday, is not going to be eligible because it came out, like, 25 years ago. <laughs> it was a while ago, yeah. Yeah, so don't think that's going to qualify somehow. No. <laughs> Unfortunately. But hey. It's still awesome movie. Mm. Ah, and it, yeah, it just looks really good. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> the animation is just, 
it's really clean and nice and black lines and, and you know just it's a really nice example of 2D animation but it's got some good CG integration as well I think yeah the like the um like the vehicles and stuff done mm-hmm. with CG and it's really well integrated because that that doesn't always work so well no. this, yeah it, I think this is like one of the better examples I've seen of them pulling it off it it's kind of like when they did it in Futurama I think oh right yeah yeah because that I thought always used to think that was done quite well and I think it it's similar sort of look with the um they've got a sort of a cell shady type thing but I think even more so I think with the you know because it's a few years later and this is a this is a theatrical film so it's got a bit more budget I would have thought um uh yeah I think it's it's one of the best looking 2D films I've seen for a little while well yeah, yeah. for sure so best is there anything looking... else you want to talk about the film or is are we reached the end of our discussion I don't yeah. have anything <laughs> I don't know I, I just sort of when when we did the uh, original episode that didn't happen the missing <laughs> episode when I, I was the only one who'd watched it and I was talking about it I was mm-hmm. just sort of, I was just basically babbling. He's going, "Oh, so good, guys! You got to watch it. It's amazing." <laughs> it, was just, it was just, um, just ranting, rab- it was babbling really about how good it was. And like a crazy person. I, yeah, and exactly like that. And I feel, <laughs> I feel I could do that again, but <laughs> that the, the, I was just restating the point that this is a really good movie, and you should watch mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, we we could really say that till we're blue in the face, but just. You know, people, we've been talking about it, it's just, it's, talking about it is one thing, but seeing it is another. Yes. I think if you like the trailer, you're you're going to like it, I think. Um, yeah. Because it, it pretty much sums it up, and it's, um, it's just, it's really fun, and exciting, and pretty funny as well, and so, 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 so French. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Truly, it's, truly French. It's very <laughs> French. Um, so unless, you know, that puts you off, I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe some people, <laughs> that might put them yeah. off. I don't know. But, I, I'm kind of warming uh, warming up to uh, French animation, uh, thanks to, uh, well, partly due to uh, Miraculous Ladybug. But uh, <laughs> Miraculous <laughs> Ladybug, I love it. Okay, sorry. I had to put no, my little, sorry. put my little two cents in there on that no that's okay i mean like i said i was that's part of the reason when i started watching the french uh the french dub of this of april in the extraordinary world then it was just kind of like all the different you know aspects of it i was kind of you know excited mm-hmm. or used to seeing because i had seen it in or similar things with uh, uh miraculous ladybug so i'm just kind of you know got that helped me get into it a bit more than i probably say if i had just gone in cold yeah, you know who Darwin kind of reminded me of, though, from Miraculous Ladybug? La uh, who? Cat Noir. Ah, should figure like <laughs> Cat Noir. Like, what's um the name of his uh the the actual um the little sprite that is, that gives him his powers? Uh, Plog, I think oh, his name. Yeah, Plog. <laughs> kind of remind me of him a little bit, except not as cheese obsessed. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that too. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I, I almost was like I was wondering if they were the same voice actor too. They're not. <laughs> but, Aww. 
Yeah, I looked it up because I was just like, it sounded very similar. They sounded, but... Yeah, they sounded almost identical, but they yeah. said, well, it's different people. It's a great job, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, of course, because this is, this is French, you could tell it's French because Darwin is also an atomic, an atomic, an anatomically correct. That's it. That's the word I'm looking for. And Yes. Anatomically. Anatomically. Anatomically correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, Darwin no, is also what anatomically do you mean by that? Correct. If I may well, ask. They, he's got a little. Um, you can tell he's a boy. Uh, ah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> I noticed that too. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you, go, you go, oh, yeah, this is French. <laughs> yeah. flew, I, I can't believe it. That flew right over my head. What the heck? Oh yeah, no, it's it it's there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, the, the the French do it, the Japanese do it, like mm-hmm. cat bus. Like I didn't know cat bus was anatomic, anatomically correct until I saw it in the cinema. Oh really? They're like, oh, they're like, oh, hello, cat bus. <laughs> <laughs> I've oh, never seen goodness. you quite so well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, oh, so Cat Bus is a boy then. Ah! I'm sorry. <laughs> boy, Things sorry, that just go boy. right over my head when watching animated films. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Pro- yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a child. <laughs> Clearly. Um, yes. Yeah, it's very good. All right. It's very good. It's very good. It is. It really is. <laughs> it's a really good film. I, I think, I think I've said that quite a lot. Uh, yeah, I think we, I, I think we've all said it quite a lot because, like you said, yeah. the very when you right after you first saw this movie, it's just like it's good, guys. It's good. It's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. It is. So yeah, we'd like to see it do well. Um, mm-hmm. And it's great, great to see G Kids doing films like this as well. Getting, and there's actually a lot. There's quite a lot of stuff. French coming, French stuff, animation coming out this year. Uh, Phantom Boy is another one that um, oh, right. Joe reviewed on the site, and he really loved that. And that sounds quite interesting. It's from the makers of A Cat in Paris, which is also interesting. And there's this other one called uh, Long Way North that's coming out later in the year. Um, I don't think I saw a trailer for that. No, I haven't seen trailer. I've just I've I heard about it at Annecy last year. I think mm-hmm. you know, not. Not that I was at Annecy when I was writing up about Annecy. I think I, I wrote up about it, um, and that's that is like some of some of the studios who worked with Cartoon Saloon on Song of the Sea and, and um, Secret of Kells. So visually, it looks a, sort of got a similar sort of style. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be worth watching as well. So if you like French animation, it looks like there's a lot to be looking out for, and there's yeah. a lot of two D animation coming out of France. So Yay, we're all for that. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Hopefully, G Kids oh. will help, uh, look, you know, bring more of that to the to the states for limited releases. Yeah, mm-hmm. that uh, Long Way North is is another another company. I think I think it's Shout Factory or something. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, um, and that is like in the summer. I think that's coming out. Uh, okay. So I will have to look it up and stick it in the show notes for that. Um, but yeah, so I think we love this film. <laughs> yes. 
and seek it out if you can and thanks to G-Kids for, for hooking us up with the um, screener it was awesome um, mm -hmm. c'est magnifique <laughs> yeah mais oui yeah ooh la la uh, sacré bleu <laughs> sacré bleu sacré bleu uh, now you're just throwing stuff in there. Yeah, now yeah. now you're just like throwing random <laughs> French words in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the point I've got to. Um, <laughs> so this has been another very interesting conversation. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, you can keep up with everything that we have been doing over on animationforadults.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and Pinterest. And you can back us on Patreon if you are very awesome and kind, and we will give you lots of extras and early access to podcasts and sh give you a shout out on the podcast and all sorts of things. And so, check that out, um, follow the links, and find out more. Uh, I think we've plugged that enough. Um, mm -hmm. and, and you can follow the site at AFA Blog, you can follow me personally at Mr. Christor on Twitter and Rachel where can we find you you can follow me on Twitter at fail to ninja and Jill and you can follow me on Twitter at shield maiden and on tumblr at shield maiden 5678 awesome and it's been great to have you back Jill it's been great to be back I missed this yeah we missed you Aww. one day one day we will have the full lineup. We day. still haven't had the full lineup. No, no. we've they've, we've just been narrowly missing it. Like oh every, my every gosh, week. we gotta like, get that sometime. Every one time, day. like like one person. Maybe we'll do it before the the year anniversary. <laughs> Maybe we'll do it before the hundredth episode. If that will be the hundredth episode. Hey, who knows? the <laughs> hundredth episode. It'll be like, <laughs> like these episodes are like the um the Marvel movies and then like that episode <laughs> can be the Avengers yeah there you go <laughs> yeah the or it could be a Patreon up. reward <laughs> hey it, it could be a Patreon reward <laughs> your reward is everyone's on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad idea yeah that could be the top one <laughs> since it's so hard to do <laughs> <laughs> apparently so awesome so we will catch you very soon for lots more animation chat with whoever we don't know <laughs> what the lineup's gonna be. Who knows? Wait and see. It's a yeah. surprise every time. <laughs> but we will catch you very soon. Thanks for joining us. Good night, everybody. All right, take Bye. care. Bye. Bye. Also, this week there was a. Well. <laughs> How do I just go off? <laughs> I'm like, Maybe okay. <laughs> Chris, you have no excuse. You have Netflix. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to watch it. You better. We're going to hold you to that. Of course, I'm going to watch it. Uh huh. Uh huh. I will. <laughs> okay. I believe you. I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs>
you were saying, Chris. 